We are live. Uh, awesome show for you tonight. Uh, special guest. Uh, off the top, just wanted to mention a couple things. Uh, exciting news I sent out on Twitter this week. We are joining the Blue Wire uh, Podcast Network family uh, as a part of the Blue Wire Hustle team. And I wanted to announce that. We're excited. Big things to come with that. Look for some new artwork and whatnot with the podcast there. Um, but uh, that's not what you're here for. You're here to talk about Browns and listen to what uh, the great Jeff Risden has to say about the Browns. So let's bring him on now. Jeff Risden, managing editor of the Browns Wire, the Lions Wire, NFL and NFL draft writer at Real GM. How are we doing tonight, sir? Hey, good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Good good to be with you as always a pleasure to have you on uh and uh it's a lot of fun right now to be a browns fan special time sir it really is it's it, it's great to be talking about a playoff team uh, possible playoff seating possible division championship instead of worrying about who's going to be the coach next year are they firing the gm too um it's i love it man it, it, it it's great it's a great time to be in the brown sphere i it's unprecedented for me um this is actually today in fact is the fourth birthday of the browns wire i didn't technically go live until the day after christmas of that year but uh i started writing four years ago today and this is the first time that i've like had to worry about what am i going to do in january aside from covering a coaching change it's it's awesome (laughs) yeah no that is awesome uh that's fantastic congratulations four years browns wire that's awesome it's it's been Uh, great been a great ride yeah it's an honor to uh write there for sure and uh uh, so uh, let's, uh, if if we're looking at, uh, well, Cleveland Cavs tip off tonight too. So you got Go that. Cavs. If you're Cavs I, I, fan, as you know, I am a Cavs. massive Cavs fan. Uh, that's that's yes. my number one sporting yes. love. I don't cover them in any capacity, but uh, I live and die with the Cavs. And, uh, yeah. I with them this Cavs, year, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Not looking Cavs so good. Cavs tip off tonight. Uh, and, uh, the Browns have to turn around and go right back to the Meadowlands. Let's talk a little bit about what, what we saw there, uh, Jeff, uh, on, on Sunday night football, uh, they go in, uh, beat the Giants 20 to six. It was a workmanlike, efficient, dominant effort, uh, right from the get, uh, you know, they, um, they came, I came away feeling very very good about it like uh you know it it wasn't a a 40 to nothing win or anything like that but it felt like it it felt like it right for right away you know they got a couple stops early uh and then from there on uh with the way baker was throwing the ball on top of just how efficient they were it was just a really good you know relaxing game yeah it was it was never really in doubt after like the first couple of drives for each team i i never got the feeling that the browns were going to lose control of the game i really didn't uh getting getting the red zone stops that they did was obviously critical uh the giants had three red zone possessions inside the browns 10 and came away with three points that's how you win football games when you're when you're the Browns. Uh, when your defense can win the game, the offense. Uh, Baker was phenomenal. Uh, I don't think the rest of the offense was firing on all cylinders. Baker might have had the best game of his career, honestly. Yeah. Uh, he the way he was throwing the ball, every pass was exactly where it needed to be and when it needed to be there. Um, the 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 third down throws that he made. My goodness, that was. Yes. Uh, as you know, I, I cover Matthew Stafford with the Lions, and, and Stafford is known for being the, the guy who 
guns it in the tight windows all the time. I thought Baker did a, a fantastic job at doing that and emulating that. And that was something that, you know, that's not, he can do that, but that's not really his game, but he, he brought it. Yeah. Man. That was, that was, that was an amazing effort by Baker. It really was. Yeah. We're going to talk about Baker here. Any other t- huge takeaways from the game that you had besides Baker and you yeah, know, the, the run game never, they didn't really need it to be no, honest. No, they didn't. Uh, um, I, I thought the, the, the defensive line played well. Uh, I, I thought for for the, the secondary being the way it was, I thought they handled their business well. It was great to see Denzel back out there. Uh, uh, I thought the way he took away uh, Darius Slayton was, was a huge asset to the game. They never really let the 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 Colt McCoy and the Giants offense get comfortable. Um, yeah. and, and we all know, you know, Colt, God bless him. You know, he 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 can get into a rhythm. He can get hot. He can burn you. He's, he's, he's a good short-range, accurate money passer. They never let that develop, and uh, I, I thought it was a very good game plan from Joe Woods. I thought they played it well, and uh, given all the injuries that they had with Miles still gasping for air all the time, I thought it was a great win for a defense that needed a win like that. And I, you know, special teams were rough. That opening kickoff scared the tar out of me. I thought I, I thought for sure, oh, here we go, here we go. Yeah, um, I, and I know I wasn't the only one that was thinking that, but they got him down, they got the stop, and it was. Uh, it, it, you're right. It was a comfortable win. And that's uh, that's not something that we're used to having. Not at all. It has it really hasn't even happened uh, this year uh, at all. Even in a ten and four season, they've all kind of been just, you know, maybe maybe the Titans, but still got a little hairy at the end there. Um, so let's talk about Baker Mayfield because this is this what is happening with Baker Mayfield is is a bit remarkable, and uh, and it's important I think. Uh, obviously, tw- 27 to 32, 84% completion rate, rate uh, 297 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions for a passer rating of 126.2. He's throwing seeds all over the yard. I mean, the ball is coming out of his hand so cleanly. Everything's a tight spiral. I mean, he's throwing like... 25 yard ends like they're slants right yeah. like i oh, mean yeah. he's hitting guys in stride and it, it's crazy you got to give credit to jarvis and higgins they had guys on their backs on some That's of those good. and and he's hitting them like right here and they're still catching the ball uh i mean it was pretty incredible to watch uh it just looks he just looks like a different guy you watch his footwork, his eyes. You know, they showed a couple times in the broadcast, and when you watch it back, like, just from his progressions from before where he's staring people down, just eyes here to there, and boom. Like, I know where my second receiver is going to be. I mean, that's huge progress, right? Oh, yeah. He, he clearly knows where all of his options are. I think he's seeing the field and the reading the defense very well pre-snap. I think he's got a good idea of – okay, my best option on this play, you know, maybe it's designed to go to Jarvis and he's my one receiver, but I, I got, I got DPJ over here. You know, he's got a better advantage the way that the, the corner is playing off of him, the safety shading the other way. He's seeing all that and he's attacking it beautifully. Um, one other thing with the, the 27 for 32, two of his passes were intentionally thrown away. <laughs> so uh, he was one bat down. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and that one, um, that was actually, that was about the last time that I felt that the game was in trouble. I'm like, oh, crap, yeah. there we go. 
uh, because he did stare that one down, um, but he did not make that mistake again. And I thought I thought the line did a great job. He's very comfortable playing behind the line. I think that's important. He trusts all of his receivers that are on the field at all times. That includes David Njoku. That's not something that was there before. He just he's in a really really good spot, and he's taking advantage of it without like I. I there's always some worry with Baker that he's going to get too big of a head. Um, yes. uh, I haven't seen any of that. And I don't think any of his teammates have seen any of that. And uh, I, I think that that is as important as him playing really well and being dialed into the, to Kevin Stefanski's offense, whatever he and Van Pelt and, and Stefanski are working on together. It's working. Keep it up because it has made Baker a very, very good quarterback, especially over the last four to six weeks. He's, He's playing just about. He's not on Aaron. Aaron Rodgers as the MVP. He's he's not at that level, but he's just, he's right there in the next tier, um, and and is is a big reason why the Browns are, are being so successful and why they're ten and four. And that's uh, hey, I, I can't believe I just said that the Browns are ten and four. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. To, you got to keep saying it over and over, it right? Really do. Uh, he has he answered for you, like, or if you're in the front office, or if you just, you know, just step back and look at Barry and those guys. Has he answered their questions at this point, or do they need to see more? I think they've seen enough to know that he is he he's certainly worth picking up the fifth year option at this point. That's how I feel too. I don't. I don't understand why they wouldn't at this point. Um, and and it's not something that they have to do right away. I'm not suggesting that they need to do it tomorrow or anything. Yeah. But they will have. There will be some interesting questions if they don't. After what the way the Baker has played this year, I think above anything else, he's proven that 2019 was the fluke. You know, it was it was a poorly coached team. He did not fit as well in the Freddie Kitchens offense as he did in the the Todd Haley offense or what we're seeing now with Stefanski and Van Pelt. Um, it, it, it's I don't want to I don't want to bury the 19 coaching staff, but they clearly didn't handle Baker properly. And I think you're no. seeing how good Baker can be when he buys into what the coaches are selling and when the coaches are selling him things that that he wants to buy into. It's a two-way yeah. street, and it's, it's working very well both ways. They're clearly not changing coaches this year. They're clearly not changing GMs this year. You might as well keep the quarterback because what's, what's working is working, man. Keep rolling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so there's a ridiculous narrative out there. I don't. I, so, like, if you can't find a way to bring down Baker – so this is the new, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, right? So now he's been put in too good of a situation, right? Like the 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 offensive line and the play action has has made it too easy for him. Anybody could be successful in this situation is the narrative out there, Jeff. How ridiculous yeah, is this? It is. Um, and and I, I'm friends with one of the people that is the one of the primary purveyors of that. And I, I <laughs> okay. know behind the scenes that I don't appreciate that. And that's not what's going on. Um, yeah. And I hope that, that people who watched the Giants game get an understanding of that. Like you said, the receivers were covered. The Giants have a good defense. That, that's yes. why they're in contention still. Their offense is wretched, and it's even worse when they have a backup quarterback game, but their defense can play. And Baker, yeah. the way he picked them apart, yes, he was making good reads, but and 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 the scheme is, is fantastic. He's making throws that not every quarterback can make, and more specifically, throws that he couldn't make a year ago. And I, I think that's the narrative that's getting lost in it. And the other side of that is what's wrong with with making 
what's wrong with setting your number one overall pick up for success? Why is that right. a negative? You know, right. why why wouldn't you try to help your number one overall pick? We had this problem in, in Cavs land to go to the other sport for a second. Why do you pick a guy number one and then, then draft the same guy as him the next year and expect them to yes. work together when they're the same dude? That it didn't yeah. work. Um, I, I I think the the way that this team has been structured by Barry and by the front office with Deep Podesta sort of pulling the strings a little bit before that. It's it's a very smartly conceived team to help maximize Baker. I don't I don't think that's a problem. I think that's great. <laughs> Absolutely, but you know, some some will say that uh, are trying to yeah. I, guess, I mean, take his Baker is quality. not he, he's he's a divisive guy. Not everybody's going to embrace him. He's not it's right. Just, it's just the way he is. I think that's something that we as Clevelanders will have to get used to that we've got a guy that's worthy of other teams being afraid of him and having to knock him down like that. That hasn't yeah. happened since Bernie Kosar. Um, I'd, I'd probably go back. People respected Bernie, but he was never like the, the, the killer. I, I'll mm-hmm. go back to Brian Sipe and, and the, uh, the Retigliano Super Bowl team, Cyper Bowl team um, from, from 1980. The Cardiac Kids was Cyper the last Bowl time that team. it was really like, oh my God, the, the other team is really worried about the quarterback coming in as being a weapon that, and and a personality that you have to to really concern yourself with, um, and that's where Baker is. You know, people don't like seeing him on TV, even though he's great in those ads. They're tired of him, and uh, they're gonna they're gonna disparage him. That that's something that we as Clevelanders are gonna have to get thicker skin about because it's not gonna stop. Yeah, I would just say this to those who are listening to that narrative or even thinking about. It, I would just say this, and. Uh, they're not going to outlaw play-action passing in the NFL. There's no expiration date on play-action passing, right? Uh, that's not a rule or, or something that's going away. So he still will be able to utilize that throughout his entire career, as will every other quarterback. And then I would just say that uh, based on the numbers here, and this is the entire 2020 season, in pure dropbacks, Expected points added per pass. Baker ranks eighth, eighth in the entire NFL uh, in just pure dropbacks uh, for the 2020 NFL season. So that, even that, that, that that's, I mean, that's great. Um, yes. he's, he's not the best quarterback in the league, but he's certainly in the top 10 this year. That That's that I, I again, I don't understand why it's a problem that the team is trying to make him succeed. I, I, I don't understand yeah. that narrative at all. I really don't. And maybe that's uh, again, like I said, you know, we're we're, we're going to have to get thicker skin about it because that's not something that's going to go away. The more success that this team gets, the more that other people are going to start t- pointing at them and, and saying, "Hey, maybe we got to bring these guys down because they look." You, I know you think this, Brad, and and I'll I'll say it for you. This team is better <laughs> this year than we thought it was going to be. I don't think we oh. thought they were going to be ten and four. I thought we they would compete for a playoff spot, and maybe if they got some breaks, they could get in and and probably get rolled in the first round. I think yeah. our expectations for that now. I expect to win. Yes, <laughs> that, that that first game in January, anyways, I expect them to win. Uh, there's no yes. reason why they can't. That's uh, that's. That's going to take some recalibration on the fan part that, you know, people are going to start targeting that and like, oh, we got to take these guys seriously. Let, let, let's bring them down because that, that's, that, that, that's, that's what we do. That's, yeah. And we do that yeah. very well. Um, Clevelanders do that very well at Cincinnati and Baltimore and Pittsburgh. The shoe's on the other foot now, and we're going to have to deal with that. And that's something that I think we as Cleveland fans 
are going to have to learn to appreciate too and and respect that uh that that the outside media is going to start taking more shots because they're afraid of the browns um and that again that that that's new and it's glorious hey that's awesome man that's fantastic i love that afraid of the browns i love that um okay so something i've noticed all right and you know i was kind of my question here was going to kind of be like what is the biggest reason that you've seen for his improved play right because it was like and we'll get to that in a minute here but it was like week seven on right they're kind of it it just kind of turned for the better and then he had the weather games where he just kind of got through them but he played like, it was like you could see the eye test was playing well, but still the analytics were saying, no, 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 no. Right. And I was saying, oh, he looks a little different, you know. And then all of a sudden this explosion here recently of just just as good as anybody in the league, right? And um, yeah. all right. So something I think that I've noticed is he seems to have – a comfort or a feel for the offense that wasn't there before, almost like you spend time with a guy enough, like Kevin Stefanski says to Baker, hey, on second and three, I might call this sometime, right? And this is why I'm calling this, right? Because I want to try to maybe get this defense there, yeah. and this is what you should look for. So then, then he calls it, and Baker's like, okay, I know why he's calling it. I know what to look for and where to go with the ball, as opposed to just calling plays and running them. Uh, it's almost like you can see that uh, cohesion a little bit of Definitely. the why. It's like once the quarterback gets the why with the coach, it makes a huge difference, I think. Thoughts? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think you're definitely right on with that. You know, there's they're seeing the field and the defense through the same eyes. And that is something yes. that he didn't do with Freddie. He didn't really do that with, with the regime that was before that. Um, and it's that it, it's an invaluable trait because it allow it allows him to go to the sideline and say, um, Hey, Kevin, this is what I saw on this play. You know, can, can, did you see that too? And when they're looking at the, at the, the Microsoft surfaces on the sidelines, you know, he can reflect that and then they can work that in together. And there's that trust level there. Cause like you said, they're, they're, they're feeling it. You know, they, they have an understanding for what one another is, is seeing and doing. And that, that allows them to get a little bit more creative. It allows Baker to have some more input. I think he thrives on that. I think he's a guy that likes having that, that, that status uh, and he's earned it. He didn't earn it last year. And I think that's part of why it went awry. He's earning it because his fundamentals are much better. Um, you brought up his footwork. Um, the the uh, the broadcast talked a lot about how his hips were when he was throwing and how he was yes. always squaring them to his target. That's not something that we saw a year ago. That's that definitely goes upon the coaching staff. I don't know if it's Stefanski or, or Van Pelt or whoever's whoever else is coaching on that. Um, Kelly yeah. Bronson even might have something to do with that. Who knows? But it's working, and uh, I, I think he's getting more comfortable with that. Uh, the other thing is, and you brought up the bad weather games, and I thought I thought it was critical that he didn't make mistakes in those games. You know, he, he was he, when it wasn't there, he was throwing it away. He wasn't trying to to force the ball down the field when it wasn't there, um, putting the ball up for grabs, that type of thing. He was protecting the ball well. He took a, an intentional grounding penalty in the Raiders game, 
And normally that's a bad penalty. I thought it was a great time to throw the ball away because he was going to get sacked and he, there was a chance that he was going to fumble and he got rid of it. I think that that decision-making there is, is sharp. He's getting the ball out quicker. Um, you mentioned that he's, he's getting it out, you know, he's hitting that back foot and it's coming out when it needs to get out. Yes. That that's, those are things that we haven't seen from him before on a consistent basis. And he's doing it every time now. And that's, uh, yeah. God, it's fun. It's fun, man. Yeah. We- we used to early in the season. It was a lot of yeah. There was kind of a little clutch pump, and then pat, okay, pat, pat and then throw right. Yeah, and yeah. then now it's just back foot and he's letting it go and it's coming out 150 miles an hour and hitting people in stride and it's just a beautiful thing. Throwing the so ball 73 this... yards and knocking out Ravens defenders on the goalpost. The <laughs> <laughs> longest throw in a game ever or something it like was. that. Something it crazy was. like that in a live game. Absurd. Um, the arm talent is there, no question. You can't question that. I mean, it's uh, that's amazing, and, and uh, I think it's so interesting too. And I, I, this wasn't, you know, on my list here, but we're just talking. And the the boot left, like he he yeah. boots him out left so much, and it's interesting because offensive coordinators are not real like. They don't want to do that a lot, like boot a right-handed quarterback out to the left. But Stefanski does it all the time, and I think that's like a, a show of trust in just Definitely. how athletic and his arm talent and to get him out left, and he's still able to square up and make throws down the field. Yeah, you, you know, when you're a defender and you see a right-handed quarterback, especially if you're a, a free safety, if you're in, in cover one, and you're out there, you're going to be like, okay, he's not going to go that way. Um, I no. He's not going to make that throw up that sideline. I'm going to shade to the other side. Um, and again, that just that much more room. And like you said, man, he's he's got the mechanics with it. He's firing the ball in there. He's got the release going. He, he can get the velocity on those throws moving to his left better than most quarterbacks do. Uh, it's a great, great weapon that I'm glad that they utilize a lot. He's He's as good as any quarterback in the league at throwing while running to his left. And that is not a usual trait. And it's something that gives defenses problems. Uh, You're listening to all eyes on Cleveland. uh, And uh, we are live here with the one and only Jeff Risden, managing editor of USA Today sports media groups, the Browns wire, the Lions wire. And uh, I saw over at Real GM, which you where you write as well at covering the NFL draft in NFL at Real GM, you put out a mock draft, Jeff. I did. <laughs> Super early mock draft, Christmas, Merry Christmas mock draft. It right? is a Merry Christmas mock draft. I got to give the the you know um the other team that I cover is very interested in the draft right now. They're I'm sure. Nowhere. I'm sure the Lions um, they're, are. They're yeah. doing they're doing the coaching and GM search this year for me, and I'm I'm I love the stability of the Browns. Can you believe I'm saying that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I put out a mock draft. Um, let, let me quickly pull up who I got the Browns taking in there because I don't remember. Yeah, that's I what it, I was going to ask you. I wrote I it like four days ago. I just published it today. Uh, so at number 24, I have the Cleveland Browns taking South Carolina cornerback Jace Horn, the son of Joe Horn. If you watch South Carolina play earlier this year, he is a playmaker extraordinaire. He will give up some plays because he's a gambler, but he is he's big, he's long, he's got ball skills. Um, and I, I said he's an aggressive playmaker. I'll be a streaky one with the size and speed to play outside opposite Denzel Ward because I am very worried that Greedy Williams is never going to play again, and I want that hole filled. And Terrence Mitchell's a free agent. So, 
There you yeah, go. Yeah, you, you can't depend on Greedy. Even if he no. does play again, it's not like you can say, hey, well, Greedy's I, coming back. You, I'd we love no to idea. have him back. I, you, you wish that he comes back. You hope that he comes back, but you don't depend on him coming back. You cannot, yeah. No. Uh, I agree. And so cornerback was the pick there. Now, of course, best player available, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. My yeah. ideal position... In right. the first round, and you tell me what you think here, uh, would be defensive end opposite Miles Garrett solve that long-term issue? I wouldn't argue with that either. Not, I don't have a problem okay. with that. I wouldn't have a problem with a good all, all-purpose all three-down linebacker either. I don't As think well. there's going to be one there, but if uh, if uh, JOK from, from Notre Dame is there, and I don't think he will be, if he is, God, he's he'd be perfect in this defense, playing really? the role that Goodson is playing. Like Goods, Goodson's doing his best. I think he's yeah. doing okay. But I, I I tweeted it out during the game. Every linebacker on this roster is two spots too high on the depth chart. They've got to fix that at some point. One of the yeah. ways you can fix it is by making your front line better. Which goes to your point. You know, if you have another pass rusher up there, that's taking up all that blocking, and that's going to give the linebackers more free reign to to have you know, clean shots at running backs and be able to cover easier. Uh, the other way to do it is to improve your linebackers. And uh, with, with Mac, Mac Wilson being a healthy scratch last week. And to be honest with you, I don't really notice that he was missed at all. Uh, they're going to have to address that at some point. Um, again, I, I think Goodson's a keeper, but uh, beyond that, I mean, Jacob Phillips, he's got to show a little bit more. It, it's that middle of the field defense is, is where my concern is the safety level. Obviously, you're going to get Delpit next year. I think that's going to be great. Please, please, please bring Ronnie Harrison back. I loved his progressive arc. Yes. I don't want to spend another draft pick on safety because, in in part, because this year's draft class looks terrible at safety. I did not have one in the first round. I didn't even consider one in the first round. I don't think there will be one. Um, if you're looking for a high end impact player, I think you're going to have to go outside. Or um, there will be some pass rushers there. Um, if you're of the ilk that thinks that there needs to be change in the wide receiver room, there's probably going to be a wide receiver or two there as well. Yeah, I know uh, my mailbag questions tonight have a little bit to do with the wide receiver position in the draft. I, I think uh, I'm going to answer that with, yeah, they'll probably take one. I don't know when, and I would think it would be a speedster. Uh, you would want a guy that could take the top off, but I, I don't know. What do you think about that? I, I'm with you on that. I, I wouldn't mind a pure, like, shifty slot guy either. Yes. Um, a guy like Cole Beasley in, in Buffalo, I think, would do yes. very well in this offense. Um, and he, he, you can find guys like that in free agency as well. And I think there will be an addition to the, the wide receiver room, one that plays a lot next year. Uh, I don't know if it'll be in the draft or free agency, but it's they, it's something that they definitely have to address, even with Odell coming back and with Jarvis coming back. And assume that Higgins will be back, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones still growing into the role. Uh, I would like them to upgrade that. And this is not a shot at Kaderil Hodge. I would like them to see them upgrade the receiving skills at that that spot. Hodge is a phenomenal blocker. He's great on special teams, really good dude, but I don't want him being on the field in critical situations and as a receiver. Again, I don't mean I don't mean that to disparage him. They can do better though. No, I, I agree, and and we've seen just by his injury, Donovan Peoples-Jones progress, and you see oh, how much a better of a receiver he has become in the time yes. that Hodge was out. Yeah, definitely. So, 
Uh, all right, to finish up on the offensive side of the ball, because I got a ton of defensive questions for you, <laughs> uh, and we're starting to get into some of that. So uh, Stefanski's play calling at this point, uh, to me, <clears throat> I mean, when I'm watching like the second time through, genius stuff. Like he's coaching off of his tendencies. He's doing innovative creative stuff three tight ends and then split them out wide five <laughs> wide with three tight ends i mean mismatch galore like you know what i mean he, he's just doing yeah. everything and he's so unpredictable it's like uh since the bye week maybe the self scout thyself uh session there worked out for them well because since the bye week it's just been when you think they're going to run, he passes. When he, you know, and these teams are still Jeff. They're still loading up to stop the run. Does that change? Yeah. You think in the upcoming weeks? Because if it does, it's only to the Browns' advantage. I think absolutely. The fact that they can keep a defense off balance and the fact that they can win with the run or the pass, I think that's that's the big key. And and they, I trust them, and I think you trust them to be smart enough to adapt to what the defense is doing. If we, we don't see old friend Greg Williams this week. He got fired. Uh, yeah. but the Jets' yeah. defense would have been a good test on that. You know, okay, yeah. our, I I would have assumed that Greg would have gone after Baker and like, hey, I'm making that guy beat me. I'm gonna I'm gonna blitz the hell out of him. Zero blitz on first and ten, and see what he can handle. Let's see let's see what he can do. They're not gonna do that now, but uh, I, I think that would have been an interesting test. I think it'll be interesting <laughs> to see what Pittsburgh does. Uh, because uh, they've they've had some success. They are missing some pieces that they had last time, though. Devin Bush is gone. Bud Dupree's gone. They're they're not where they were, and uh, I I I wonder if they're going to worry more about Baker this time, and that if that will open things up for Chubb and Hunt, because I think they have they have the ability to to make them look weird. Once they make that first tackler miss, Pittsburgh's defensive line is really good. I'm not going to take anything away from them but their linebackers and their secondary is vulnerable once guys get back there in the run game. You saw a little bit with Gio Bernard the other night with Cincinnati. Giovanni Bernard, I mean, he ran the ball well. And, uh, and look at the, the Bengals' offensive line. They're 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 awful. Not they're good. Terrible. Not good. And, and, and they, they were, and and they were winning. They were winning at the point of attack. I mean, they really uh, were a lot of times. So it was, it, that was that was that was a crazy confidence builder for me personally. L watching yes. watching the Bengals do that, yes, uh, that's <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, <laughs> it brings lie. about a number of questions with these playoff scenarios with the Steelers where they're at, and we're going to get to that later too. So let's let's go uh, in your in your listening to all eyes on Cleveland with the great Jeff Risden uh, joining us tonight. We're going to switch to the defense side of the ball here. Uh, oh no! Before I do that, I have a one last offensive question. Shoot. Okay, with the week seven stuff. I have to bring up this tired narrative of Odell Beckham Jr., right? So I know it's it's tired and we've beat it to a horse, but it's still unanswered. Like, he left, and now we have this without him. Um, what do you say to that? I mean, because to me, it's, it's, it's not like, oh, yeah, of course they'd be better... I think I've said this to you before. Of course, they'd yeah. be better with Odell. It's it's a lot more complex than that. It's a layered 
uh, thing with it Baker is. and everybody else. It's a it's a complex question. It but, really is. So do you want to? I mean, I think my understanding is, and you're at Real GM, so you should probably you probably know the answer. My understanding is that his contract is now guaranteed due to the injury next year. Mm-hmm. So they would take a hit, right? If right. they okay. So you want to keep? You almost have to keep him. If you sell him at this point, you're selling pretty low on on a on an investment, right? So yep. it feels like almost a have to keep situation. But if you feel that it's like you're gonna be better off without him, I mean, maybe you shop him. I don't know where are you at with that. Do you just say bring him back and see what happens? Because this success is hard to. Like say, okay, let's throw Odell back in the mix. Right. And does that, does that how does that negatively impact the other guys? That's that's yeah. I don't want to take Rashad Higgins off the field. He's playing like right lights out. Exactly. And um it, it is weird because Odell does have the most talent of any receiver on the team, and he did show that at times. They do not win against Dallas without him. They just don't agreed. Agreed. And he has that ability to command that type of attention from a defense that nobody else like juice juice is a phenomenal receiver, but he is not a guy who's going to command your, your top corner and your safe, your top safety shading his way to take him away. Nobody does that. The offense has morphed such that they don't need that right now. There will be times when they need that. Uh, Dallas is Dallas is a good example. I thought the Philadelphia game was a good example of when they could have used that. They yeah. didn't, and it's it's weird because Odell has never done any anything to indicate that he's not happy that he's that he, you know I want the ball. He's never said that. He's never you know been the 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 petulant little baby that everybody in New York expects him to be. Little and bit of that, body language. Yeah, well, there yeah, he's, he's a competitive guy. I un, I understand that. You know, it, it's sort of like. Like when LeBron and Kyrie were together to go with the Cavs, Kyrie is is a sensitive guy like that. When he's not getting his, he's he's going to be a little frustrated by it. But he's he's more about we got the W. That's what I really want. You know, I yes. got the ring. That's what I'm. That's what I'm here for. If I yeah. understand that that I might not get the individual glory, but as a team, we're going to get it. I see that from Odell. Their teammates see that. Everybody who's been around Berea sees that from Odell. The people in New York and, and at the NFL Network out in Los Angeles, they don't believe that yet. And I think that's no. where a lot of the noise comes from. I know when we were going into the Giants week, I was on two different Giants podcasts, and half the half of the one of them was talking about Olivier Vernon and Hotel Beckham and how awful they are in Cleveland. That, that was like the way it was presented to me. So I know that that narrative is still out there. I hope that it's still only coming from the outside because I think, I think he's proven enough that he shouldn't get that attention from Cleveland media. He he's, he's better than that. Now, does, does that mean that he's going to stay? I, I don't know. I, my, my take on it. If somebody calls Andrew Barry and says, Hey, what do you want for Odell? He needs to answer that question. He can't just be like, click um, like, Hey, okay. Um, well, what are you thinking about here? You know, you thinking, uh, you know, second round pick this year and maybe uh, a, a conditional second or third the next year. 
Um, and you're going to take that contract away from us, which has some value because you've got to extend, you got to extend Denzel. You might have to extend Chubb. You got to extend Baker, you got to extend miles. Uh, well, you that but you know, you, you've got, yeah. Ogan Joby's out there. There, there are guys that, that are going to have their hands out. And uh, if you're, if you're not getting the bang for your buck with Odell, it makes sense to at least listen. I don't think that he should. I don't think that Andrew Barry should be calling other teams and say, Hey, what are you going to give me for Odell? I think the way to approach it is let it be known that you will listen and then listen to what's said. Um, and what happens from that, God only knows. Yeah. Um, that seems like the right approach. I just worry it's it's not Odell's fault. It's no. not Odell's uh-huh. fault at all. But there's something that he does on the field to Baker, and maybe that's something that Baker has gotten over but uh, the way he spreads it around right now is a perfect example, right? He's spreading right. the ball around right and, now. And and he, he is definitely more efficient without Odell on the field, yes. um, if a little bit less explosive. But I think that's a trade-off that Stefanski likes. So yes. that, that, that certainly clouds the picture, doesn't it? <laughs> that's where it makes it tough. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, let's switch to the defensive side of the ball here, okay? Uh, they played a pretty good game against the Giants. Denzel Ward makes a huge difference. Like, he just makes a huge difference when he's on the field. They're a better defense when he's out there 100% because he basically takes away that side of the field, right? I mean, or that their best receiver or whoever they're going to put him on. He was tremendous again in, in this game. Um, uh, they, they got some huge stops early, uh, you know, they could have kicked field goals and probably stayed in the game for a little bit longer. They didn't. They tried to go for it. Huge stops there. Yep. Um, where are you at with this defense? I mean, because it's like, I, I know they're not that good. Yeah, like, I know they're not. they're not that good deep down. <laughs> uh, but they have had some games where they've stepped up like this and, I mean, and held a team like the Giants to six points. Not that they have a great offense or anything like that. But but they in the first half against the Titans, so there are times that they have stepped up, right? And, and they've been right. opportunistic with the turnover at times too. I think they need to get more of those. I think that's when they're at their best. Yes. Uh, but the, the Giants have the thirty-first offense in the league. Guess yeah, who's number thirty-two? The Jets. Um, and it's not even close. I actually wrote something. I'll, I'll shamelessly pimp it at Brownswire about how awful the Jets' offense is. They are in the they are 32nd or 31st in just about every offensive statistic. And it's not even close in some of them how far behind 31st they are at 32nd. Uh, so this is a chance for them to build a little bit of confidence to yep. maybe not, you know, Miles getting his win back. He doesn't need to be out there for 85% of the snaps. Let him play 50% um, as long as you're rolling okay. Um, I like what I've seen for a little bit from – it seems like the zone defense, specifically the linebackers, is getting a little bit tighter. Uh, and and the Giants do have some – Golden Tate's a very interesting weapon. I think Darius Slayton's a pretty good wide receiver. Uh, I like the idea of Ward erasing him. But that that interplays – that area between the linebackers and the safeties that in that zone, and when when they're coming in for, with the, the with the cornerbacks, when they're coming on the inside and in, in cover four and things like that, that seems to have gotten better. The communication is better. You're not seeing the massive holes, you know, where Anderson Day, who is on the right side of the field and the throw goes to the left and he's supposed to be over there. And he has no idea that the ball's in the, uh, aside from him not being in the game, he'll be back this week. 
Yeah. You're not right. seeing those those kind of breakdowns anymore. They seem to have ironed that out. They're they're a little less aggressive, but I think I think they're better for it. Uh, I really thought in the Tennessee game was where that showed they were going to make them not hit the big play. And yes. that's that they are a big play offense. And I thought they did a good job of that. And I thought they built some confidence off of that uh, and, and took that into New York and they can take it in New York again. Uh, Sheldon Richardson deserves some acclaim. He's played great lately. Olivier Vernon has Amazing. played great lately. Uh, he's been one of the best defensive ends in the NFL in the last month. I know people are going to roll their eyes at that. He has been. Uh, yeah. Pro Football Focus will say it. The, the stats will say it. Uh, the, yeah. the the defensive DVOA, if you're a football outsiders person, reflects that. He's played really, really well lately. Um, I'm not sure that that's sustainable, but I'll, I'll take it while it is. And, and when you when you have more than one guy that can get stops for you, they're not just relying on Miles to do everything. And I think that's an important step as this team goes forward. Uh, I'm not sure that they're going to get that much better this year than, than what they're playing right now. But for the future, I think I think it shows that there are some pieces there that may be a little bit better than that they've played this year. So uh, I think Malcolm Smith has been pretty good, as you talked about, like with the zone adjustments. Right. I think he's been pretty good. B.J. Goodson has gotten better. He kind of is in the right spot at the right times. He's never going to be elite or anything like right, that, yeah. but uh, like you said. All right, but here, here's my question. Mac Wilson, coach's decision, No, did, do you know anything about this? Do you know anything further about that decision? No, I, I mean, don't. <laughs> he was awful, awful, awful yes. in the Ravens game. Like third and two was in the hole and kind of fell over. Without uh, being blocked. Yeah. Without being blocked in Dobbins right two easy tack. Well, it, it's not easy to tackle Lamar Jackson. He ran by two tackling opportunities that an NFL linebacker should never run past. No. Uh, and no. he's you know, he, he's a bit of a flighty guy, and I think he might have had a bad night. He's not having a good year. And I no, uh, no, he's not at the, all. The context is is he was so good in his first training camp. And as a fifth round pick, we're like, we got something here, man. We got a linebacker who can cover. And he came from Alabama and he was underrated there because he was hurt a little bit and they didn't feature him. Now you're seeing why the NFL, every team passed on him at least four times. He yep. has some limitations. I think he's a player that thrives on having a little bit of juice and confidence in himself. And it doesn't look like that's there right now. And that's, you know, it, it's unfortunate. I, I think, you know, in their rookie years, it felt like he was he was superior to Taki Taki. And I think this year, I think Taki Taki has taken the step forward. Look, he's Much a limited better. player, but he's he knows that he's limited. I think he's yes. playing very well to what he does. And I don't think Mac Wilson has figured that out yet. Yeah, Taki Taki against the run, great, right? Put him uh, as your stand backer, let him attack downhill. He can shed yeah. the tight end and he can get to the ball. Well, that yeah. that if, if yeah. that's all he can do. There's a place for him on the field, and that's yeah, absolutely. The only can do. <laughs> yeah, and and I don't think you can say that for a lot of guys in that linebacker room. Like, hey, this guy is a guy we can use going right. forward. Um, yeah, I, I still I think they're still trying to figure out what Jacob Phillips does and what he doesn't do. Hopefully, we'll see more of that. Uh, I thought he played okay against New York. I want to see more of him against this other New York team because this offense is one. They don't have speed out of the backfield, and I think that's where he can really be an asset um, coming down at a guy like Frank Gore and taking on tight ends that aren't all that good. I, I think this is a game for, for Jacob Phillips to really shine. 
Yeah, I think he is the guy with the most promise for sure, just because of his speed and his he's a sure tackler, you know, for yeah, the most he is. part. And when, when and, he gets the uh, paw on you, he's got good tackling power. Yeah, so so I'd like to see more of him, and I think we're gonna hear with what indicates the coach's decision. I just thought that was kind of harsh, like holy cow, he was that bad. It that is. They, um, and maybe uh, it's maybe it is, and I don't know this. I'm just speculating. Maybe it's them sending him a message, and they want to see how how he responds to it. Let's hope it yes. goes favorably because he, I like him. He's an interesting cat to to interview. I've interv- had the chance to interview him a couple times. He's a fun guy. You want to root for him, but it, it, sooner or later, it's got to come around on the field. He's got to put up, or, or somebody else is going to take that job. Yeah. Um, guys with uh, stock arrow pointed up uh, recently, Carl Joseph. Yes. Playing his ass off, right? Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, what, I mean, I want to keep him around. Maybe uh, he's. I mean, he's been playing close to the line of scrimmage when they go single high or into that. Yep. You know, into the cover three, and he's been very, very good in the run game. Aggressive, good tackling. Uh, we mentioned Denzel. Ronnie Harrison comes off the IR today. I don't think he'll play this weekend. Agreed. But they looks like maybe week seventeen, hopefully, or the playoffs. Right? Yeah, I, I think the the plan is to have him back for Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, and then, I, I, would, I would not um, expect him to play this week. Uh, they, they don't, especially since since uh, Sendejo is off of the concussion list. He was activated, uh, cleared protocols today, so he's good. Uh, okay. I think you'll see him back in, and I think that mitigates the need to have Harrison rush back onto the field. Let him get get one more week healthier. Okay. If he was healthy, would Sendejo see less time on the field for Joseph Harrison? I mean, I've been asking that all so. year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, please. <laughs> to to uh, Sendejo's credit, his two best games were the last two games he played. Now, that is a very, very low low bar yeah he is probably the worst starting safety in the nfl but he's he he's i don't want to say the arrow's pointing up but it's not pointing down anymore yeah <laughs> for him that's progress uh and and for whatever reason the team does seem to like him like like they, they he, he's got energy back there i i i saw this today i i, I think um daryl writers he's the oldest player on the team I, yeah, you, you wouldn't really think of that. So I mean, th- there's some status that goes with that, but the the less guess, of, the less of Anderson Dejo against good teams, the better, I think. Yeah, I agree. I guess uh, you know, some people have said to me, you know, there's something there for just having a guy in the right spot, but a lot of times he's not in the right spot, in my opinion. No, and he's we've late. talked before. Yeah, he. Yeah. he, he He's totally reactionary, never anticipatory, and that's my problem. With yes, it, so. that's a very good way to say it. Uh, so, um, all right. So, you know, looking towards long term, well, first of all, I want to say this, that I don't think Sheldrick Redwine is any better than him. No, that's been a disappointing development, isn't it? He he just hasn't. He's it just good. isn't there. No. Time for Javante uh, Moffat. Let's see what he can do. Or or can we see Tedrick, uh, Tedrick Thompson? A Tedrick guy that I, Thompson. I, I saw him in college um, I, when he was at Colorado. I went to the Colorado game at Michigan. He picked them off twice and looked. He he was phenomenal there. 
He has some good reps on film. He's a coverage safety. He's not going to tackle. That's that's one of the big okay. things against him. Uh, he he can be. He's a guy who is easily manipulated, easily manipulated by quarterbacks that have good eye discipline. Was okay. was the knock on him in in Kansas City. So you have to be careful in overusing him. But when the other team goes four four wide, he needs to be your safety on the field because I think he can handle that. When you know they're not going to run, get him out there. I, I wish I, they I'd would just more of them. Start working him in. I don't think he's been on the field yet. I don't um, believe so. No, I I, I haven't and, seen him if he was. <laughs> and he played in, I mean, in Seattle in the exact scheme that Joe Woods runs a lot of times. It's not. It should be a quick pickup for him. Uh, so I don't know why we haven't seen him yet, but I'd like to, I mean, there's a guy that, you know, you need reinforcements or you want something different than red wine. There's an opportunity. I thought that was maybe missed this week, uh, to maybe see him a little bit, but, but Hey, they wanted to go with red wine. He just, red wine just seems so timid out there. I don't, I don't know. Like he's not a guy who plays with confidence. He doesn't exude confidence when he plays. That's yeah, it's frustrating. Um, yes. So Sheldon been great. Uh, he's, he's not seriously injured. Let's get into some of these injuries here because this is this is going to be uh, interesting here. Um, he's going to play, I guess. Right? I would only right. play him limited or is is a can as long as you can beat the Jets handily, right? Uh, but I guess he's okay, right, with the neck and yeah. he's going to play. Yeah. Um, the other question here is um, about Wyatt Teller and Hubbard. So Hub's out for the year. Yeah. Teller with the high – is it a high ankle sprain? They haven't officially said that. That's It's my understanding that that is what it is. Um, but it's a very – it's like the lowest grade of one, so it's not okay. like not serious. It doesn't require like the two a surgery or anything like that. Um, it, it's a problem with in a movement based offensive scheme, like the zone blocking scheme that they run, he doesn't have the ability to really push off and get out, um, with it just yet. So they're resting it. Um, my understanding, they haven't officially said it, but my understanding from talking to some other people is that he will not play until the playoffs. They're, they're going to roll with, with Nick Harris. Um, and, uh, other than the sack that he gave up, he played well, I, I was yeah. happy for the rookie. He did. He looks like he doesn't look like he belongs there. No, he, he looks, he's small. He's got short arms. He's a little flabby. Dude can play though. He played. He, he was like that at Washington too. People took him lightly, and he he's scrappy. He, he, yeah. he was the best offensive lineman in the Pac-12. It's yeah. He's he, um, he, he will get the job done. It might not be pretty, but that as Kevin Stefanski often says, we aren't playing for style points. And that's, that's right. Nick Harris right there. Right. So that's, that's what you got then, I guess for, for this week. And then more importantly, week 17, right. Yeah. Uh, is Nick Harris. Uh, and so they're going to rest Teller hoping he's ready for the playoffs. That's my main concern. Like you want to go be a playoff team. I like, cause that goes from, for me, like one of your strongest points on your team to I don't know what Nick Harris is. I I guess he's I guess he's pretty good, you know, backup, but right. he's doing the job. He's not it's Wyatt not, Teller. It's not Wyatt Teller. <laughs> yeah. And you, I think you need that offensive line to be hitting on all cylinders to go beat a really good team in the playoffs. Yeah, especially if you're playing uh let's say they draw the Colts in the first round. 
Right. That's a nasty defensive line. You need to get after them. I think I think you'd be okay against Tennessee. Um, if their first round opponent is likely to either be Indianapolis or Pittsburgh, um, both of those teams have really good defensive lines. So it would be nice to, to get Teller back. I hope it's Pittsburgh. Oh, that would be great. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. Wouldn't that be great to go back to back against them? Yeah. So both so teams in Cleveland, too. <laughs> yeah. Here's where, all right, so this is, we're at this point now where we're going to talk playoff picture and get some uh, some of your opinions on this stuff. It This is crazy that they are going to be 11 and 5 after they beat the Jets, right? Uh, right. I can't imagine them losing to the Jets after the Jets just won a game. Exactly. I, I can't imagine it. Exactly. Uh, that, was a great, they, that was a great win for Cleveland that they did that last week. Yes, absolutely. Get the monkey off their back. And then now, I mean, they it's probably the worst win their franchise could have had because they lose Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh, whatever. Yeah. They, you know, good for Frank Gore and those guys, right? That's right. Uh, it, but so playoff picture wise, Browns beat the Jets. Hopefully, they need a Dolphins loss, a Colts loss, or a Ravens loss. But here's where it gets tricky: the Colts and the this Pittsburgh game is crazy, right? Right. Because the Colts win and you're in, which you want, because it's possible somehow it's possible that they could be eleven and five. And not get in the playoffs, believe it or not, which yes. is shocking. If they like, are in a tie with the AFC South loser and Baltimore and Miami, they lose the tiebreaker. They are they are the there's three of those four teams will make it, and Cleveland will be the team that does not. That's the how only they, situation they can't be. How can they lose to the AFC South loser? They beat both those teams. Because it's a multi-team thing, and then it goes to your conference record, and they have the worst conference record of any of those teams, which is oh, just stupid. God, it just seems like head-to-head would right. be like... Now, if they're, if they're head-to-head, like if it's them and the Colts that are tied it, it, for the last wildcard spot, let's say they're both 11-5, and five, and it's only those two, two teams that are 11 and five. Cleveland wins that tiebreaker. But if you interject Baltimore and Miami into it, they lose it. And that's the only scenario. Like if it's just, if it's, if it's a three way tie, they're okay. They can, just can't be a four way tie. That's, that's the only way that they're out. Now, the way that the schedule unfolds for all these teams, though, if they it's don't possible. take care of business, it, it's, I would say that it's not even that unlikely to happen. I, th- I think, especially if the Colts take care of the Steelers, th- th- that's the toughest game that's out there. I mean, Baltimore is playing Jacksonville uh, and Cincinnati. That ain't going to happen. You know, you got there. There are there are a lot of W's out there for those teams. You know, Miami could theoretically lose to Green to uh, to uh, New England, but I don't I don't think we see that that coming. So it, it behooves well, the Browns to take care of business. And I want I want to root for the Colts this weekend to beat the Steelers because I want Week 17 to be win or die. I want that. <laughs> Give so, me the division. So you so you want it to be win or out? I I want I want that last game to be for the division because I do think that they will rise up, and I think that that means that the Steelers have lost four in a row. They're coming in. Um, if you their offense is nothing right now. They're banged up on defense. I want that to matter. 
okay. I don't want uh, the the flip side of it is yes, if the Colts lose and the Browns win, that 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 certainly helps the overall playoff spot because then you're probably getting a Pittsburgh team that knows that they're the number three seed or, or number yeah they'll, they'll be the three seed and doesn't care and they rest people. Uh, and then you're getting an easy win in week or an easier win in week 17, assuming that they can beat the Steelers as a dilapidated group. So th- there is that side of it. But I, man, I ideal I, scenario. I, I want I want to be playing for the three seed or the four. Excuse me, the four seed and the, the, the three seed in the last in that last week. I think that would be ideal, awesome. I think the ideal scenario is that on Saturday this weekend. The Raiders beat the Dolphins. That'd be great. We need to root then for the Raiders. <laughs> going into Sunday, right? You right. You know you're in if you beat the Jets. And you can root for the Colts Yes. to beat the Steelers. So you're in no matter what. And you get a chance to play for the AFC North. Break out your Chucky dolls, baby. You're rooting for the yep. Raiders on Saturday. <laughs> that That's it, right? Or uh, what and, do you and they need to play better than they have lately, but they can beat, they can they win that can. game. I don't expect they, them to, but they can. I, I don't have a ton of confidence in Tua and the Dolphins. I really don't. I, I, I just, I think they can lose one of these games. I think, I think uh, so, like Cleveland, they're a little bit ahead of schedule on where they thought they'd be. Yeah. And that's, mm. uh, you know, I don't think they're, them, uh, I think, yeah. I think the Browns would beat the Dolphins head to head, though. I do. Um, I do too. I, I don't yeah. think that they have the offensive firepower to beat Cleveland. I think Cleveland would win a shootout in that one. Yeah. So, so it's tricky. It's really tricky. But uh, you know, and then the Bills play. Do I, I? I think I have this right. The Dolphins play have to play the Bills in the final week of the season, right? Let me look that up. They pull the schedule up here. I'm almost positive that the All Dolphins right. go Raiders, Bills. Let's so see. Miami. Miami. The question the, you are you are right. They, they are at Las Vegas and then they are at Buffalo. Yeah. So those are two tough games, especially the Bills game. The question is, are the Bills going to be playing for anything? Now, once again, we throw it back to that Colts Pittsburgh game. Colts beat Pittsburgh. Now they, I think they have something to play for, right? They have, they can play for the the one right. seed, or or maybe not the one. It'd be, yeah. be playing for the two seed. So does that even really matter to them at that point? Uh not a lot. And I had my schedule. I had I had it backed up a week. The 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 Ravens played the Jaguars last week. They played the Giants this week. Uh, I don't think the yes. Giants are going to win that game. Yes. So no. yeah, and then the, they finish at Cincinnati. I'm not going to say anything about Cincinnati because we saw what happened Monday night. <laughs> Bill Bengals, uh, man. That, the, that the was Colts. this weekend was so joyous. I mean, oh, the man. win, easy, and then Monday night. I mean, that was just so enjoyable watching that, that was, game. It was, it was something else. So the Colts have at Pittsburgh, and then they finish with with Jacksonville. Um, so I guess you need to bring Tennessee into the account on that. So they are playing. I should know this one. They are playing at Green Bay and then at Houston. They could lose both of those games. Honestly, um, I don't expect them to win. Uh, they're playing the, the Sunday Titans. night game at Green Bay. The, the Titans. Titans do. Yeah. So uh, if, yeah. if the Colts win against Pittsburgh and the Titans lose, 
that that changes the, the tiebreaker dynamic too. Um, it doesn't help the Browns much, but it does help, you know, the the fact that there's one less team that has is more wins than them. So I you know, root for Green Bay and then then hope that Deshaun Watson can pull a rabbit out of a hat with very little help in, in, in the last Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's it's I know that there there's a high percentage of the Browns get in, right? So that's a good thing. I I think it would be like you said, it's not that far fetched that the scenario plays out, but they control their own destiny. They do. That's the important part right there. Win and you're in. Win yep. and it doesn't matter. Just went out. And the way that the Steelers are playing. So I wanted this is the last thing, last topic, and we'll let you go, Jeff. But what is going on with the Steelers? What do you see with this? So, like, I said this <laughs> three weeks ago, right? They think they can do they think they can sustain success with this short passing game where nobody runs a route down the field you're, i mean like four guys run curls in at, at five yards and uh crossers at five yards and and stop routes at, at five yards yeah that's all they do and they can't catch <laughs> and they can't catch there's and ben looked really bad he looked like he didn't give a crap against the Bengals. he yeah. really looked bad yeah uh, he's 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 showing the signs of his advanced age and relative decline of physical stature, I think is probably the nice way to say that. They're not a good offensive line at this point. They're receivers. He doesn't trust them. That's very clear. They cannot run the ball. I think that's that's the big thing. They harped on that on, on Monday night. I know Chris Collinsworth was going off on it. They don't even yeah. try to run the ball. No. And, that, that, and Collinsworth said it. You know That has to kill Mike Tomlin, but he knows – you know, second and 10 is probably better than second and nine. You know, if, if you're running on first down and you, your guys are getting punched back, you know, at least on, when you're, when you're throwing it and it gets it incomplete, at least you had a shot, you know, you're going to get five or six, maybe that's they're in a bad, bad way right now. And those defensive injuries have not helped either. They lost a lot of speed off that defense when Dupree and, and Bush went out and they have not replaced it. And that that's a problem for them because their corners are not great. Their safeties are, they're good, but they're not that good. And uh, teams have found the ways to exploit it, and they have not been able to counter that yet. And you're seeing it in the last few weeks. The the, the opposing offense, you, you saw the other night, that they were triple-teaming T.J. Watt. I mean, uh, they, had, they yeah. had the tight end, the right tackle, and then they had the fullback or the running back chip him. Yep. <laughs> and nobody yep. else was making nobody else was making them pay. And Ryan Finley was beating them down the field. You don't think Baker can do that? You don't think? Yeah. Come on. They're, Finley they're was really running carrying. down the field doing uh, the uh, Tannehill layup <laughs> into the end zone. Uh, they, they are in a very bad spot right now. Um, I will. I, I love Mike Tomlin. I will never say a bad thing about Mike. He's a phenomenal football coach. Yes. He's got to get control of that team. They need to respond to him because they right now, whatever he's selling them, they're not buying. And it's, it's looking really, really bad. Uh, they... There have been historical precedents for teams that have peaked early the way that they have. There was a, there was a Marty Schottenheimer Chiefs team that was ten and one, and they wound up going eleven and five, and they got they got their doors blown off in the playoffs. I can see that happening with this the Steelers team because they they look like they just they they peaked early. They don't have it anymore, 
They do, could they get it back? Would it surprise me? Hell no. They they can absolutely get it back. They're Pittsburgh. They've yes. earned that respect. But yes. right now, right now, they're not one of the ten best teams in the AFC. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Is like the defense before could pull it kind of back together, and I don't think they're there anymore. They're not, the defense, not, not right now, anyways. No, and can they get that back together? I'm sure, right? Like, they've got the guys on defense to still be a really good defense and still make game-changing plays. Um, And, of course, Ben can still make game-changing plays. But right now, he looks not like himself. They're in a bad way, man. (laughs) And they're calling plays that I don't understand why they're calling them, and I don't understand – their route tree and i don't understand uh it's like they they decided they couldn't run the ball so instead of running the ball we're gonna just throw quick outs instead of the run game yeah have the extended run game as your short pat your short passing game doing and it's not working and it doesn't work they don't have that's not what their receivers do (laughs) i mean even down the field the Bengals corners, I'll give them credit, were all over the Steelers receivers. I mean, Von they, Bell, they, and, and I don't yeah. know if those guys are known well I mean, for Darius coverage. Phillips is a good cornerback. Jesse Bates is a fantastic safety. The, the, the Bengals have a secondary. Um, they don't have yeah. a lot else, but they do have a secondary, and you saw that Monday night. And that's yeah. – uh, let's let's hope that the Browns can can run that with Denzel healthy, with, with Money Mitchell back out there, you know, playing better he he had slumped for a little bit i thought he played better against the giants got a pass break up when he needed to he did. um you know that's uh, it it does worry me because uh the browns secondary is clearly not the strength of their team but on the flip side ben ain't getting away if miles or olivier are coming at him he's just, he's gonna right. turtle he's gonna stand or he's gonna throw it into the ground um and, and live for another day but there's you concerned about Garrett uh, and his yeah. COVID effects a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I am. Yeah. I, I, I think we all should be. And yeah. I, I'm very proud of him for being as candid as he has been about it, too. That can't be easy for a freak specimen like he is to come out and, and be vulnerable like that. I, I, I applaud him for that. Um, at the same time, he if he's on the field, he's got to produce, you know, I, if he's not, they need to sit him. And he's got what? He's got a half a sack. He got he I, did he get a credit for the full sack or did he only get the half? I think he um, got a half. But that's that's pretty much all he's done in the last two weeks. Yeah, he's got to make a bigger impact on the game. Otherwise, they need to play him less because uh, he he's not being the force that we need Miles Garrett to be. I'm not saying that Port Augustine or or Adrian Claiborne are going to be better, but just. Maybe maybe let Miles pick his spots. Let him come in on third downs or something like that. Not have him out there, you know. In, instead of playing sixty plays, maybe he plays thirty five. You know, be be more judicious with it and let him get that back for for when the 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 games really matter, which is Pittsburgh and which is the playoffs. Agreed. I think this week you limit his snaps. Maybe let him get his confidence up. Get him in there on some third longs and let him and tee off. At the same and- time though, it's Makai Becton and that dude can't move. And and it would, I know it would mean something to Jedrick Wills to have Makai Becton get his butt kicked by the Browns defense. There you (laughs) go. That's worth it right there. Yeah, let's get it. it. Um, Don't don't think that Jedrick doesn't know that. (laughs) 
yeah yeah i mean he went up against the other rookie uh in the Giants, who's supposedly yeah, the worst of all of them, he, he's right? not having a good go of it. That's for sure. No, but he handled Miles just fine for much on, on Sunday did. night, so which was a little bit frightening. Um, yeah. But I think I mean he's huffing and puffing, and uh, yeah, so yeah. that's something yeah, to get be well kept soon, an Miles. eye on. Please, please, please yeah. get well soon. Yeah, yeah, definitely needed because uh, they are a different defense. When he is playing well and when Denzel is on the field, it feel it just feels different. They feel like a different Definitely. defense. Definitely. And their secondary just just by moving KJ inside and having Denzel on one side of the field makes their secondary so much better Definitely. than having to put him outside and then have MJ Stewart or MJ Stewart, Tavier Thomas combination oh, play the slot, which no. is a disaster, right? right? That was rough. We, yeah. And we saw that against the Ravens. Yeah. You're uh, right on. So. I'm with you. All right, uh, Jeff, you're fantastic as always. A gentleman and a scholar, I appreciate your time. <laughs> I know you've been talking football a lot tonight, but we appreciate it. I love it, uh, man. It all eyes on Cleveland. And, I got and, the best uh, job in the world. I get paid to talk about football. And there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> there, there isn't. It's awesome. But thank you, uh, Jeff Risden, managing editor at the Browns Wire, the Lions Wire, and uh, go check out his mock draft. It's on his uh, Twitter timeline, which is uh, at Jeff Risden, right? Yep, that's right. You can find it at realgmfootball.com. And if you're a Cavs fan, uh, I still am somewhat active on the Cavs message board there. Um, I, Like I said, I'm a huge Cavs fan. I, I don't don't think this year is going to be all that good, but they should at least be fun. And I'm looking forward to, to basketball season getting underway. Are you watching it right now? I they're, am not. <laughs> they're ahead um, 65 to 44. Sweet. No. So unfortunately I live, so I, I'm, I'm a Clevelander living in exile in West Michigan. Um, I, I, live, I, I, live, I live straight across the water from Milwaukee. I'm closer to Chicago than I am to Detroit, but I get like the basketball from all three of those. It's very hard to find Cavs games. So I, we, we splurge because we're basketball basketball is pretty much always on in our house. My kids both play. So uh, I, I will, I will catch as many Cavs games as I can, but uh, it won't be as many as I'd like to. Yeah. Uh, we always, I get talked into by my son to get the, uh, the league pass and uh, that's a lot this. of NBA basketball. I can see us having that conversation. My son's looking at me right now. Like, yep. <laughs> Yes, Dad, uh, sorry, didn't mean to get you in trouble. No, there, so. <laughs> uh, Jeff, you're the best as always, and uh, uh, we'll talk soon. Uh, and uh, I'll get you get you an article here in the coming hey, days. Anytime you want, man. Just let me know. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you so much. It was awesome. Thanks. Have a good one.
Mikey, please remove the line from my face. There you go, sir. Good job. All right, Jeff Risden, as usual, always a fantastic guest for us at All Eyes on Cleveland. Round of applause for him. I mean, he's fantastic every time. Uh, and uh, he's my boss over at the Browns Wire, USA Today Sports Media Group, the Browns Wire, where I write. Uh, so check in over there because uh, you'll get some of my stuff. Jeff writes like 20 articles a day. He's incredible. He's all over and he's all over for the Browns and the Lions. I don't know how he does it, uh, but he does it. And uh, um, and then also you could check out his mock draft, his Christmas mock draft, uh, which I'm sure uh, many of you will find interesting. Uh, him having the Browns taking a cornerback in the first round, which surely could be used. Um, all right, so tonight, the last segment we have for you here at All Eyes on Cleveland, and I just want to say thank you all for listening and uh, watching. If you are watching live or on the replay, hit the subscribe button, please. Uh, hit the subscribe button, come back, hit the notification bell, come back and keep getting this uh, outstanding content. Next week... We're looking to line up uh, Ike Taylor again for Steelers Week. Talk to him about uh, the big matchup in Week 17. So we're looking to have Ike Taylor on. And uh, I am also lining up another special guest. Hopefully, I'm afraid to say it uh, on the air and it doesn't work out. You know what I mean? So uh, we'll uh, look for that. Uh, next week uh, on it'll be Tuesday, Wednesday because of the holidays. So look for shows on Tuesday, Wednesday, or at least for sure uh, one of those days with Ike. Um, all right, so uh, we did a mailbag segment tonight. I've got a couple questions here. Let's uh, let's get to those. We may have answered them somewhat during the uh, during the show here, but. Uh, with with Jeff on the air, but we'll go ahead and get to him real quickly. Anyways, in the mailbag edition of the show tonight, uh, Dog Pound Dish at Dog Pound Dish uh, wrote in, do we root for Indy um, to give us a shot at the division or the Steelers to clinch? Uh, and I just kind of laid this out for Jeff. Ideal scenario, Dolphins lose to Raiders on Saturday. So you've got to root for the Raiders on Saturday. If the I think the, the Raiders could beat them. If the Raiders beat the Dolphins in Vegas, the Browns just have to beat the Jets and they're in. Then you can go ahead and root for the Colts to beat the Steelers. So the Browns still have a shot at the AFC North in Week 17. If that doesn't happen, you run the risk of, of course, the Browns ending up in a scenario that's very possible if these teams continue to win, which they didn't. Nobody helped the Browns at all last week. But if the Colts were to beat the Steelers, the Browns could end up in a win and win the AFC North or lose and be out of the playoff scenario. Very strange I don't think that'll happen, uh, but it is possible. Uh, if Miami continues to win, the Ravens are going to continue to win, and then uh, you also would look for um, the Colts. 
yeah, the Colts uh, to uh, lose uh, along the way. No, what, they play Week 17 in Houston, so that that's not a good one. So you want the really your best chances for the Dolphins to lose to the Raiders or the Bills in Week 17. Uh, hopefully the Bills are not resting players then, but that is also a very possible scenario. So you really just got to take care of your own take care of your own shit here and win against the Jets, which they're going to do, and then beat the Steelers team that's reeling. Um, you know, if they beat the Colts, you're in. So it's kind of like, all right, so if they beat the Colts, you're in, and that would kind of build their confidence back up, and then that would make Week 17 a tougher game, surely, if they figure it out enough to beat that Colts defense. If they figure out enough to beat that Colts defense and and beat them, then you're in already. Uh, and you can't get a piece of the AFC North. But if they lose, then you're talking about them losing, what, their fifth fourth in a row, whatever it is, but not looking good at all down the stretch here and then losing another game. So they're still kind of on that downward trend. And I'm not afraid of the Steelers right now at all. Uh, So you would need to go win that game to win the AFC North, which, boy, that would be glorious. And then probably turn around and run it right back with them in the wild card round. And, man, it would just be – it would be pandemic – it would be – pandemonium pandemic pandemonium in uh cleveland Uh, i don't even know what what to call it but it would be uh wild times as you can imagine that this uh uh is certainly um a crazy time to be a browns fan and one that we wish uh, everybody could be in the stadium and enjoying because everybody would want to be down there tailgating and a part of all this in Cleveland. It's a shame that you can't do that right now, but uh, here in the near future, and hopefully that this success is sustained with Stefanski and Barry at the helm so that uh, for years to come, we can have years like this, but certainly a very, very special year for Browns fans uh, as your football team looks dynamite right now and your quarterback looks excellent and... uh, Things are trending upwards. I'm glad that you could join us tonight. I appreciate earlier, uh, you know, the big news. We are joining the Blue Wire Podcast Network family uh, with the Blue Wire Hustle team. Uh, You'll see some new artwork from us. It's a really exciting thing. It's going to, I truly believe that it's going to help us grow and help us uh, get bigger in every way and, and, uh, uh, branch out and everything so uh, it's a big deal and uh, um, we're really excited about it Mikey's thrilled about it He's jumping up and down right now so it's exciting news for us make sure that you uh, uh, tune in uh, you can grab the podcast where all popular podcasts are found and of course watch the uh, live cast uh, simulcast every time that we go on the air at Periscope Facebook Live, and YouTube. Uh, We're going to get you up and out of here now. Appreciate you listening. Make sure you hit the subscribe button on your way out. Everyone counts. We appreciate it greatly. And uh, go Browns. 
Get this one over the uh, Jets. More importantly, go Raiders, man. Go Raiders. Raiders get that done. Then you can really root for that ideal situation. So Saturday, Raiders over Dolphins. Got to have it. Got to have it. For Mikey on the ones and twos, I am Brad Ward. This has been All Eyes on Cleveland. We are out.